class is back in session. Welcome to D Hall and Dragons, a real play D&D podcast about four, now three high school students who got sucked into a realm of fantasy and magic and have to set out on a quest to find their way home, but not before they find themselves along the way. My name is Riley Wesson. I'm this campaign's dungeon master, and I'm joined by my friends, my players, and my super secret sneaky spies. Hey, guys. How's it going? Ooh. I like sneaky, that sneaky. one. Was that a hint for something? Yeah. Is no, it, that was just what you did last time. Nope. It's, you, like, it's sneaking around. It's something I don't know if we were spies so much as we were just like breaking and entering. I don't know what else to call you. He warned us pre-session to just be like extra prepared this time. So we're all kind of on edge. Everyone's very on edge. Everyone's really nervous <laughs> right now. I, <laughs> I wonder why. why we're on edge. I wonder I wonder, why. I wonder what might have happened last session to make us a little bit, I don't know, antsy about stuff. 24 hours ago. Yeah, you know. Be super heads familiar up. with your character and all its skills. I'm ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you guys think I'm trying to be mean, but I'm legitimately trying to be nice. But it's being perceived as me being mean. Guess we'll find out. Hi, I'm Brandon Lindsay, and I play Cecil McNamara. And let's get a little bit crunchy with it. Uh, oh God. What's your character's lowest stat and why? Ooh. Ooh. I am going to open it up to the floor to uh, let, let y'all guess as to what Cecil's lowest stat is. My bet is on strength. Yeah. Well, okay, you were both right, so yes. <laughs> Cecil has a strength of six. Um, yeah, I think it's just because he got like kind of the, the the bottom of the barrel in, in, in the gene pool when it comes to like height and stature and and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I know it surprises a lot of people that strength would be his lowest, but uh, for those listening at home, if you haven't picked up on it by now, there you go. Okay, I guess I'll do the same thing. I'll open it up to the class. Uh, hi, my name is Andy Dinehart. I am the voice of Victoria Hightower. Go ahead, take a wild guess. Well, it was charisma, wasn't it? Actually, it still wasn't my lowest stat. Oh, that's right. But it was definitely one of my lower stats. I'm going to say constitution. I... I was going to guess charisma. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with dexterity. I love that running joke. Uh, it is actually wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> oh, that's right. We've talked about Which this. Which makes a lot not... of sense. Yeah. How did I not remember that? Yeah, we had this conversation. She's actually very book smart. She's just not very street smart. Street smarts. <laughs> street smarts. My name is Danielle Grisco, and I play <laughs> Brian <laughs> Tolkien. <laughs> and uh, here we got two guesses what, what Brian's lowest mm. status i'm gonna say charisma charisma or dexterity i'm gonna say constitution again it's actually it's it's strength what yeah he is a he is a wee thin wafy boy skinny lad <laughs> he likes his books and he while is skilled with fencing which is mildly athletic uh he's only as skilled as he really understands like the mechanics of how it works <laughs> And so it's kind of like a... He'd be a great coach. Yeah, he's a he's a coordination kind of like guru as strategy. But when it comes to strength, nobody call on Brian. That's for sure. His hand is down and he's sitting in the back of the class. All those <laughs> all those fencing styles that they talked about in Princess Bride. He's like, yeah, I know that. He's the one that like watches Princess Bride and is like, that's not how you pronounce that move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my name is Riley Wesson. I'm this campaign's dungeon master. Uh, and... What would my... What's your dump stat, Riley? Yeah, what would my dump stat be? Should we all guess what Riley's dump stat is? Oh, that's... Honestly, that might help. That, that might help, because like I'm not exactly sure what to say. Yeah, this is uh, a roast. <laughs> this isn't... See, I mean, but, isn't see, it every I, week, though? Yeah, I was gonna, every time? I was gonna... 
there's not really a dump stat. It would probably be. I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty balanced across this, but not On even the, constitution. Actually, I have a very high constitution. I was about to say Riley's a Riley's yeah. a, a healthy boy. I feel like I'm pretty balanced across the board. I feel like it'd probably be either wisdom or intelligence. One of those two. I definitely don't have a lot of street smarts. Street smarts. So you're more. There, <laughs> there, <we go>. there <laughs> was the time that I was in uh, that I was uh, visiting New York. And I had a bag of Sour Patch Kids and I was on the subway and I dropped one on the ground and I immediately went to pick it up and oh, tried no. to go to eat it. And no, my friend no, was no, like, no. Riley, no, no, don't do that. And I was like, fine. Um, so I guess I'm not the wisest of people in those sorts of situations. <laughs> I don't know. Did y'all know when it comes to bacteria and new forms of bacteria, the subway is basically the rainforest. Really? Yeah. That's terrible. Like the subway is a subject of like, a like biological research because there are there is so much new bacteria that evolves in the subway. It's its own ecosystem. It is as diverse as a rainforest when it comes to bacteria. So I guess we know that Brandon's dump stat is charisma. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So last session on D Hall and Dragons, the students split their party, Cecil and James joining the runaways to infiltrate the tower and destroy the magical mechanism controlling the magical armors throughout the city, and Brian and Victoria aiding the hideaways in creating a distraction at the docks. The runaways group navigated a number of magical traps throughout the tower, with Cecil's magic backfiring along the way and blinding him, forcing him to summon a fey servant by the name of Sebastian to aid in their mission. The hideaways group did some rad long broom tricks and made a huge ruckus attacking an incoming shipment of magical items, drawing the attention of all the armors in the city, including the ones guarding the magical mechanism, leaving it vulnerable to attack. Both groups endured brutal fights and finally came out victorious, destroying the physical hold the boomers have over the city. Unfortunately, as the students investigated the rubble, James found a mysterious orb at the center of the mechanism, and upon touching it, some sort of malfunction occurred, stealing James away from his friends to some unknown location and leaving them amidst the ruins of this mostly successful operation. And that's where we are now. So it is early morning at this point. Cecil has just finished reading the words on the scroll that James had left behind, and there is rubble surrounding you guys at the top of this tower as the sun is slowly starting to peek through the clock face uh and into the room you guys are starting to hear the sounds and commotion outside of people waking up and apparently discovering what exactly happened last night um after cecil finishes reading he just kind of reaches a hand out with a paper to anyone who's gonna take it from him Victoria will take it. Uh, Cecil's gonna sit down on the ground, reach open his backpack and take out his cuddle monster and just kind of sit there quietly. Brian is um, walking around the room in a daze and not really particularly looking at anything, but walks over to one of the shattered gems and just starts kicking it apart and just looking at the scattered remains of it. Are you trying to glean something from this or is this just sort of a mindless action? No, I think it's very much trying to channel a lot of overwhelming feelings into just learning something about the surroundings and trying to pick up some kind of fact or knowledge of the surroundings around him. Okay, uh, roll me an investigation check. 
By the way, I regained two second level spell slots and two third level spell slots with my cuddle monster. Okay, yeah, we'll say if you guys want, you can take a short rest right now. So if you have not used your cuddle monster yet and would like to use it to recover spells, you're welcome to. I rolled at 18. 18? Okay. Uh, Yeah, as you're looking around, you can see there seem to be plaques underneath some of the bottoms of these gemstones. Uh, It looks like they're sort of dictating districts throughout the city that, from what you can glean, mean that basically each of these gemstones were connected to a certain regiment of armors that were in the city. And this mechanism was connected to each gemstone and was able to control each one in the different areas. But now that the mechanism, as well as the gems, have broken, they are no longer usable. But as you are also shifting through the rubble, there's one other thing that you find next to this orb that James touched that created this portal. Uh, The orb has sort of lost the kind of arcane mist that appeared to be inside, but you do see something right next to it. As you lean down and pick it up, you see that it is the dragon scale that James kept on him uh, that was kind of wrapped around a necklace that he had. And after this explosion of energy around him, it is kind of cracked into three separate pieces. And if you guys would like, you can add the scale of luck item to your inventory. Uh, This basically will act as a luck point for each one of you for each long rest. Victoria quickly fashions it into something that she can wear, but she uh, takes James's note, and unlike the guys trying to learn something, she goes over into a corner and you see her pull out her uh, blue diary, and tucked in the back, she pulls out this very worn photograph that you can tell has been folded and handled quite a bit and she just sits there with it in james's note um yeah cecil stands up dusts himself off and kind of looks between brian and victoria for a moment goes to brian what's next like i'm supposed to know i've spent the last however long begging and thinking about and meditating on, and dreaming of, and praying to things that I've never even thought of before, to try and fucking go home. And I, and we're still here. And so, beyond finding a way to to open that up again, and to and to and to make it work, and to and to figure it out, I don't have an immediate solution. And it's not fair. Okay, well maybe um maybe we maybe we find a, a someone uh, maybe there's um someone here who can um wait, hold on. We signed a contract. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm I'm not a genius when it comes to magic shit, but we signed a contract and the whole shtick was we couldn't leave here. Whatever that was either it nullified it or James is still here somewhere. You don't think he went home? He very well might have. I Do you think he's in trouble? I don't want to think so. Victoria? Victoria is just sitting there and hugging her sides and just 
slowly, gingerly tracing the new ink on her side that says, trust me, he's not in trouble. James didn't put himself in harm's way. He, he has to know what he's doing, right? But that's the cool thing, though, right? Whatever he did, whatever that was, broke the contract. Not necessarily. It might have. It didn't follow the contract. It didn't. There were things from our world that we could see in it, but there were things from somewhere else, possibly here, that we haven't seen yet. It, it was a limbo. It was an in-between. It doesn't mean he went home. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. If it, If he did, that means there's another way out. Maybe. I mean, whoever the hand is, which, don't get me wrong, I'd very much like to go and kick her ass because she's <laughs> kind of a bitch to us, but... Whoever that is, maybe they're not as powerful as we think. Powerful, sure. Uh, more knowledgeable than we'll ever be about this stuff. But maybe there is another way. Could Cecil have understood the process of that magical interaction that James underwent to know if there was something else at play or if that seemed like, like an authentic exit out of this plane? You can roll me an arcana check. Okay. I'm going to immediately use this lock point. It's a dirty 20. 20. Yeah. Okay. As you investigate and look at this orb and think back to what happened a few minutes ago, you get the sense that what happened was magical, but it was some sort of malfunction. It was something in the magic that filled that orb interacting with James specifically that triggered that reaction. And as you look at the orbs and the remains of it, you get a slight sense of familiarity from some of the magic that you felt around Frederick. And also, Cecil, as you were talking and you mentioned the hand, uh, everyone roll me a perception check at disadvantage. Don't. Oh, boy. Don't. Oh, boy. Don't. Oh, come on. Don't. I take it back. 13. 12. 16. No one else quite realizes this. Brian, as Cecil brings this up, you see like a slight reaction of what looks like recognition and almost fear from Ratness. Um, Brian walks over to Ratness. Hey, sorry, I'm, I'm aware we all kind of checked into emotion land. Um, are you okay? No, no. I mean, that was that was a lot. I mean, are are you guys okay? That was. I don't. I don't think so. I don't really know how to talk about it. Uh, so you are. What's happening over with you? I mean, a lot of things right now. You know, I'm happy that we managed to pull this off, but also a little bit worried for what might come next. And I don't know. It's it's a lot to process. You know. We can help. I mean, we're definitely nowhere near processing, and and we tend to all kind of help each other process whether we want to or not right guys yeah it's kind of a survival thing at this point so if you want to process out loud uh what are they what are they sorry what is it oh it's a uh, safe space it's a safe space good job brian thanks i mean i just don't know what really might come next brian walks over to victoria and just kind of sits next to her or as close to next to her as he can get in that corner and just kind of goes hey Madam Intuition. I don't know if it's just me. 
I don't consider myself the most emotionally intelligent person on the planet. Uh, but I, um, something's going on with Ratness over there. What, what do you mean? I don't, I mean, I mean, look at her. I, I don't, mm, I mean, like, far be it from me to, to judge a person for not wanting to process out loud, but something is going on with Ratness. I've not really ever seen her, like, actively afraid before. Wait, what, okay, what did you notice? Am I insane? No, you're not, no, no. Brian's really struggling to articulate, <laughs> to articulate. No, that's incredibly perceptive of you, and, and if if that's what you notice, trust your gut. Well, like, do you want to, I don't know, like, maybe go talk to her, like, um, like, girl talk. Ha, <laughs> girl talk? <laughs> I don't know, I've heard it helps. Uh, Ren, Ratness. Yes. What's the next order of business for you guys for this whole operation? I think our next order of business is speaking to the mayor and their cabinet and those in charge and putting forward our requests. Okay. Um, Have either of you, you guys are from this area. Have you guys seen anything like that orb before? No. No, I haven't, personally. Ratness? Uh, no, not really. I mean, magic's not really my thing, but... Detect thoughts. Uh, what does she need to roll? Wisdom save of 13. She rolls an 18. Well, okay, so I still get, like, surface-level thoughts. Yeah, you still get surface-level thoughts. She's sort of flabbergasted at what just happened. Yeah. Genuinely, like, never seen anything like that before. And you do detect, like, a hint of fear. Um, Before you continue, please roll me a d20. A four. Okay. I I, I know this is a lot, um, and we don't really know each other that well, but but if there is any insight or advice that you could give us in dealing with this, that that would be much appreciated. Um, As I said, I'm not familiar with something like this. The only thing that I could offer is if you yourself have come into contact with anything similar to this, I would suggest... The hand? Possibly looking more into that. Sorry, what? The hand. We, we, we came out here specifically because we have been following a trail of breadcrumbs trying to find this woman. It's the whole reason we're here. It's the whole reason we're fucking stuck here. Do you... Either of you know anything about this woman, the hand? Hold me a persuasion check. That's a 16. 16. You give this impassioned plea and you see Ren genuinely says, I, I've never personally heard of this hand. I've never had any sort of contact with her. And Ratner says, I mean, I've heard like whispers of her and things said in like less shady circles, you know. Inside check. Okay. Twelve. Yeah, she seems, she seems earnest. What have you heard in shady or less shady circles? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be more shady, though? Less shady seems like it would be a board. I'm sorry, I'm butting into the conversation. I'm going to go back to... Cecil's, like, off in the corner, like, getting us frustration out by hitting things with this baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've heard that she is manipulative, that she works in, in secrets and uh, information sharing. She tends to like to control things from the shadows, doesn't really like to... Um, what did she tell you about her? Who? Who? What? What did the fortune teller tell you? 
I told you she I was asking about general advice and what I should do next and how things might shape out in the coming future. With those surface level thoughts, was there any trepidation or any like hesitance? Not that you could sense. Okay. I will say, last I heard, she was planning to make moves in a city a bit north of here. More of a small village, really. I'm so fucking sick of these breadcrumbs. I'm not. Sounds like something to move forward on. Brian just kind of stands up and like brushes the soot of this weird castle off of him. Listen, if the only thing that we can do here is either go to the mayor's office or go to a town up north, that's fine. It's away from here and it seems like forward motion. And frankly, a breadcrumb is better than nothing at all. So what are we doing? Well, I think first things first, we should get out of this tower. Great. What was the name of the the village? Again, sorry. I, I've halfway dented a metal plate off in the back corner and I'm poking, like poking my head up every like five seconds to get a glimpse of the conversation. It's just like a steady, <laughs> a steady banging in the background the entire time. Uh, I, I think it was a, uh, it's a small little farming village called Supperfield. Supperfield. Yeah, Supperfield, like the meal. Sounds like food to me. I'm in. Yeah, I'm. I'm with Brian. As convoluted as it as it is, and as sore as my feet are gonna be. Okay. But we can also go back and get the car, because I forgot that car was there as well. Well, one foot in front of the other. Let's just get the hell out of here. I don't know if I can stand here much longer. Victoria is like the last one out. And she's going to go over to the orb. Are there like shattered remnants of it, or is it completely gone? There's like a few little like glass shards here and there. She's going to just find one. Stick it in a pocket. So you guys walk out of the tower, and as you walk out into the early morning, there's a huge crowd gathered. Tons of adults from all ages. And this crowd is like bubbling with words and emotions and confusion. Like, what's what's going on? What happened? Why why is there no armors around? What is what is this mess? What's what's happening right now? And you guys like walk out into this crowd. And as you guys open the door, people start to like swarm up close to you guys asking you questions. Did you do this? What's going on? What's going to happen to the city? What's happening right now? What what, what should we do? Where's the mayor? What's happening? Um, I am going to take out my wand and very quickly uh, draw the same symbol that I drew <coughs> upstairs. And I'm going to I'm going to summon a fae. <laughs> Amazing. What is he gonna be? Let's find out. He's mirthful. <laughs> Sebastian appears. You summoned me once more, Master McNamara. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Help us get these. You can actually see me now. I can. <laughs> I'm not blind anymore. It's great. You see this discount legless uh, in front of you with like dirty blonde hair and like a little frock. Every time you describe him, I'm like, this is like the Party City costume edition of like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, he's even. You can even see like his pointy ears almost look like they're detachable. <laughs> what do you require of me? Let's disperse this crowd. Get back, Ooh, back up, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. All right, we're all gonna, right. We're gonna, we're gonna the, form let, like like a police barricade. Let's give the children some space. Back it up. Let's, uh, let's respect boundaries. Back here. it up. And the crowd kind of starts to disperse a little bit. Also, roll me a d20. 
seven. Um, I'm gonna also have him every six seconds. Uh, <laughs> he's going to try and use his his face up his, charm. His face, yeah. Hopefully, we can charm at least a couple people to kind of. Yeah, I'll I'll say as you're walking, he's like continually disappearing, and these people are so simple minded that like they're all kind of being charmed and mollified uh, as you guys are walking through them. Back up, sir, sir, sir. Seat. I'm gonna need you a couple more steps. You're too Please close. Please keep your distance. Thank keep you. your distance, everyone. <laughs> and yeah, Ren directs you guys. Just uh, I believe the, the the mayor's residence should be this way. Uh, and you guys kind of make your way through the crowds and eventually to this large stately manor and you can see coming out of the front are three people there's an older woman in like her 60s she is uh, a bit portlier with like really wrinkled cheeks uh she also wears a top hat and has like a multitude of rings and necklaces all over her on her right you see a shorter man what appears to be a halfling uh in his mid forties or so that is like very clean cut has glasses. He's like carrying a clipboard and sort of like whispering things to her as he's looking and writing things down. And then on her left, you see a tall man in his like mid thirties or so that has like this really crooked grin is wearing a suit jacket with a hoodie and jeans. And he has long brown hair that's tied off in a ponytail. And he's kind of like dealing with some of the crowd around them. And you guys sort of make your way up the steps. And by this point, some of the hideaways have made it from the docks and have sort of grouped up with you guys. And some of the runaways have been coming up from like underground and joining up with you. So you have a pretty big group at this point that's making your way through these crowds. And you stand at the bottom of the steps of this manor. And this woman looks out over all of you and she says, Now what is the meaning of this? <clears throat> oh boy, um, and, where do we start? Yeah, Victoria Victoria is kind of 180. If she had a hoodie, she'd be pulling it up like Brian. And she is just kind of towards the back of the group and very quiet. Alright. <clears throat> Here's the deal. Sebastian's on security. Uh he's he's in charge of security for the moment. <laughs> Thank you. Anything that is gonna happen from here on out? It's going to be Ren, you tell him. Ren gives you like this side glance. There you and go. Sort of rolls her eyes. It's all yours. And she steps forward. Mayor Winmore, I've come forward as a representative of the children of Boomerfield. We are here to speak out against the unlawful and immoral use of child labor in this city for too long. We have rendered your magical armors immobile. You have no fighting force, and we are here to overturn the laws and bring equality to all here in the city. And you see this woman cock her head and whisper to the shorter man on her right, who you see is like looking a bit frazzled and scribbling nervously on his clipboard. And he sort of whispers a few things back to her. And Ren says, we are not here to attack. We are here to talk. This will not be a hostile takeover. This will be equal for all. The woman says, Well, if you really want to speak, and you really want to overturn these laws, then we must take part in Boomerfield's ancient ritual of logic to determine who will be right and who will be wrong in this situation. 
and you see you hear like murmurs start to spread throughout the entire crowd um of like oh oh my god is this, is this happening or it's it's, it's gonna happen it's happening so long what's what's going on what's going Brian on Brian just kind of like shuffles next to Cecil and goes did she say who will be right and who will be wrong or did she say who will be right and who will be dead I couldn't quite hear it wrong we're not gonna we're not oh, gonna die thank god. okay I, no it's i mean i think it remains to be seen don't, sorry don't worry this is this is not a physical battle but this is an age-old tradition as they like to uphold in Boomerfield. this will be a battle of wits the shorter man steps out and he says we will take part in the ritual that has happened for years and years here in our great city he gestures to a servant nearby and they go inside and you hear them like rooting around a little bit and they bring out what looks to be this large orb, not like the orb that you guys saw in the mechanism. This is an orb that as it's being brought into the center of this crowd, there's like a ton of different colors swirling. You can almost hear like whispers coming from it. For those that are not aware of this ritual, this magical orb is what is known as a bait, a title from an ancient arcane language, meaning both logic and opinion. It has the magical ability to gather the collective thoughts and opinions of a crowd around it and display which way their thoughts are leaning. Purple, for this party, and he gestures to Ren and you guys and the runaways, and gray, for our side. Each side has three roles. They will send forth representatives to be a sage, an intellectual, and a personality. The bait will be in the center of the crowd as both sides will present their speeches on a variety of issues. And after three full rounds, it will present which side has swayed the populace most. This is an ancient ritual we've honored for centuries, known as speech and the bait. I hate this so much. Oh my god. I'm not good at improv. It's a theater kid's nightmare. I hated you these hear kids the crowd in school. Going, yeah. And they like everyone is very pumped up and excited. I we do we we have to talk? I got this. Uh, yeah. Fuck me. Ugh. Oh, well speaking of actually, I Ren. Yes. No, sorry, Ren, could you oh. go like t- like 10 steps away for like a hot sec? <laughs> so um, we can talk shit. Uh, all right. Uh, and she, she kind of she could talk. walks I mean, off and started talking the, to some of the runaways. She's literally one of the representatives. Like, no. don't make me talk. I, I, I don't no. do public speaking well. No, Ren's got the hots for you. That's what I wanted to tell you. This is the worst possible time to tell me that. No, but like you could impress her like right here, right now. Any- I could, Im- I could oh. enhance your ability. Cecil, I- I could enhance your ability, like, right now. It has nothing to do with enhancing ability. I just, I, I, I physically get sick when I stand up in public and have to talk in front of people. Okay, but she's all hunk hunk of burning love over there. This is the time to strike. <laughs> okay, but listen, okay, if this was just about impressing her, I'd say, yeah, cool, awesome. But this literally has to do with the fate of these people. We get to leave here. We're planning on leaving. The whole purpose of doing this was to gain them some sort of advantage so that they weren't stuck. If I fuck this up... No, it's, it's probably like a two out of three kind of thing. I mean, I think taking time to freak out about it is not going to help anything, but that's just me. Ren walks back over and she says, Well, um, I hate to put the three of you in this position, but as outsiders, the public is not aware of you. They don't know you. They, they know me. They know... 
Ratmus. They know us from stories and things. We don't exactly have the best public image. That's great, because people really like me, actually. I've been told that a lot. So I think, yeah, I'm a good obvious choice. I, I was talking about the, the, the three of you. I mean, I wasn't saying any one person in particular. Oh, okay. Um, I just think the three of you as a group would be... Brian's really smart, uh, too. Very needed for this. Please. Uh, yeah, I guess, like, my, my biggest concern is, like, we're just, we're not experts, you know? We're not from here. Uh, we're, we're not the ones who've had to deal with this. We're just... I mean, it's either that or you have me and Ratness and Todd speaking about no, this. No, not Todd. Not Todd. No, I not mean... Todd. Listen, listen. How's, yeah, how's Jim saying... doing? How's Jim doing, by the way? Yeah, Jim's, like, limping. Yeah. Jim's holding, like, a, like, a rib in. <laughs> yeah. Todd, like, walks up. Jim draped over his shoulder. Jim has, like, patches of blood all over him. And he's like, hey, guys, how's it, how's it going? Hey, he's still, he made it. And Ren looks at them and then slowly looks back at you guys. Please. You're the best hope that we have. <sighs> All right. Okay, so what do we need to do? Yeah, it was Sage and what else? So I will explain this to you guys out yeah. of character. Sure. Yeah, great. <laughs> uh, so how this speech and debate will work is each side has a sage, an intellectual, and a personality. They will go back and forth presenting arguments to the orb and the people, rolling initiative to see who gets to set the argument. The sages will debate over topics of wisdom, the intellectuals over topics of intelligence, and the personalities over topics of charisma. The type of check will be determined based on the argument presented. For example, if an intellectual presented an argument in the realm of magic, it will result in an arcana check. If a personality presented an argument trying to convince the populace of something, it would result in a persuasion check, and so on and so forth. After the opener presents their argument, they'll roll a d20 plus the skill applied to the argument to set the DC that the other side must beat. Whoever wins the argument rolls a d10 plus the skill, while the loser rolls a d6 plus the skill, both sides adding their rolls to the bait orb. After three rounds for each roll, the ritual ends, and whichever side has the highest amount of rolls wins speech and the bait. This is the easiest thing you've ever come up with. This is the most simplest. This is, yeah, I I don't know what I you're talking it. about. You, that, that's very flattering. Thank you. I mean, I mean, I mean like, as, somebody, as long as somebody, like, talks me through step by step and we're going through it, I yeah. think we can, this is manageable. No, like, yeah, like, like, Riley, it's great. As a player, I'm I'm sweating, man. I'm, I'm having a great time. I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Guys, all we have to do is just be our normal smart selves. But like, okay, but like who wants to do what? Uh, I mean, like I think it only makes sense that I'm doing anything to do with uh, wisdom, you know. Um, I'm also fairly wise, so I I mean, do you, do you fall into any of the other categories? Okay, we're talking ethos, pathos, and logos. Yeah. Who is more logical and who is more ethical? I all of these things, you know. Yeah, I kind of think it might be a toss-up for me and Brian between these two. So if you want to rock paper scissors it or whatever, I mean, or what do you feel more passionate about, Brian? What do What do you feel more passionate about? So I've got an eighteen in intelligence and a nineteen in wisdom. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Those numbers are so high. Now I'm worried I'm reading my numbers wrong. I also have a 15 in charisma. Like, oh shit! You're sorry. hiring both of us! Like, am, I, am I reading this wrong? No, Cecil's just an incredibly min-maxed uh, character, so he okay, has great. incredible some stats, that, but then he has a 6 strength. He's not that min-maxed. He has a 10 A 6 strength? But all of, all of my numbers are lower than that. Am I insane? You just have a more balanced character. 
balanced character. Um, it, it also kind of depends on what topics you want to talk about. So what are you skilled in? I could talk about religion all the live long day. Sports medicine, I could talk about the histories of our world and probably this world. I've read a little bit. I mean, like, my mine is mostly like, if somebody on the opposing team gives us a logical argument, I'm pretty sure I can rip it apart like nobody's business. I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm genuinely trying to gauge the fields no. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could talk a lot about animal husbandry and the merits See, of- See, so I, I literally can't right now. Let me go with the sage if you if you go with the intellectual because I can talk about that and like sports medicine and anatomy and stuff. Okay. What should I make an argument over? Well, I think that would leave you with the personality. Yeah. Pathos. Okay. <laughs> can you get like, get the crowd going? Like, yeah. Just, look, look. I have so many speeches. I'm gonna pull out my speech from that that I, that I quoted from Miracle, <laughs> and I'm gonna hand it over to you. And I'm gonna say you could do this so well she just puts her hair up in a high ponytail she finds one of the hideaways who's who's wearing kind of kind of like the 30 year old on the steps where it's like the hoodie under like the blazer kind of thing like the suit jacket yeah but she's gonna find a suit jacket and she's gonna put it on she's still wearing the all black get up that ren gave her so she's gonna switch out the leather jacket for a nice like business blazer you can see ren is a little bit visibly flustered by this oh Okay. I was t- that's exactly what I was telling you. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, v- Victoria. Yeah. Yes. I know you might not have a lot of personal confidence in yourself, but I can promise you there is something a bit magnetic about you. People are drawn to you, and <laughs> I, I, I believe you can do this. Thanks. And she high fives her. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a weird thing of like Ren's about to like go for a hug yeah. and then you hold up a high five and then she yeah. kind of just sort of ends with like a really awkward handshake. Yeah. <laughs> I also believe in you. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Cecil. Here's an enhance ability. <laughs> <laughs> so you have advantage on charisma checks for an hour. Amazing. As you guys finish these conversations, they've set up like two podiums on either side of the bait in the middle. And at this point, the entire population of Boomerfield has gathered around and the boomers step forward. The taller man on the side of the mayor steps out and he says, all right, presenting the side of the boomers, myself, Hollis Eberly, the mayor's chief of public relations, Mr. Kizik Barnes over here. He gestures to the short man with the clipboard, the mayor's chief of operations and infrastructure, and our mayor of Boomerfield, Shirley Windmore. And the older woman steps forward and he says, I myself will be our side's personality. Mr. Barnes will be the intellectual and Miss Windmore will be our sage. Now, present your champions. I'm happy to take out the legs of this fat bitch. Brian just puts his hand on Cecil's shoulders and goes, okay, at some point we're going to have to talk about internalized misogyny, but before then, you're doing very well. Victoria just looks at Brian Salis to Cecil and is like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go ahead and use Patty's inspiration as well. Cool. Uh, I'm going to give it to Brian. What do I do? (laughs) You can add a D6 to any role you want to at, at any point. Great. Wait, 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 wait. Give me just a D6. Yeah. Because I can give you guys a D8. Both of us? Yeah. Well, I already, I already gave her a D6. Yeah, I got a D6. Okay, well, okay. Retcon. 
No, I already gave it. No, no, no retcon. I already gave it. I already gave it. Fine. Just give me a D8. I need all of it. You already have advantage on all checks you're going to be yeah. making throughout this entire thing. You guys have already kind of broken this debate system. Whatever. Okay. We want to break it more. Which, like, I'm, I am I was expecting, but... <laughs> it just happened so fast. I'm going to try to break it into smithereens. Oh, I'm sure okay. you will. So... Cecil, you have an extra D8. Oh, thank goodness. I have a D6. Brian has a D6. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, are, are you guys going to present your chance? Like, who's who's doing what? What's going on oh, here? sorry. Uh, Brian, like, taps on Ren's shoulder and is like, do you want to do, like, can you present us? Like, a yeah, ringleader? Or, like, oh, we yeah, have to yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, ourselves? yes, I'll, I'll, I'll present. Um, <clears throat> we have uh, Brian Tolkien as our intellectual, Cecil McNamara as our sage, and Victoria... What the fuck? What? How did I forget? How did I randomly? How did I randomly forget your last name? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was actually Rain getting flustered again after see after like looking at you and seeing you in the in the suit again. Rain was about to say her last name. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. Victoria, uh, uh, Victoria Hightower as our personality. Brian just like double takes. I'm gonna go ahead and cast disguise self and not really change my my appearance, just change my clothes and hairstyle and make myself look like Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. <laughs> but uh, Sebastian does fade away. Goodbye, best of luck team. And I'd, we're good. Cool. Thank you, thank you, Basti. I don't quite like that nickname. Seb. A bit better. Thank, okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll figure it out. His head keeps popping in, in and out of the Feywild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so first up will be the sages. So Cecil and Shirley both walk to the podiums, uh, and then there's like a fierce stare down, and then next to you, two people just drop a literal D20 on both of your podiums. They go, all right, roll it. This is like, wait, is- This is to see who creates the topic. Oh, okay. Shirley rolled an 11. Okay, that's a five. So Shirley will set the argument for this first round. Shirley looks at the people and she says- Good people of Boomerfield, I can tell looking at this ragtag group of children that they did not put any thought into what their actions might bring about. They had no idea the toll that their moves and choices would make on the populace as a whole and how much they have inconvenienced the city with their rebellion. I can tell that you, the people, are not happy with this and I will do my best to maintain the status quo. So Cecil, she has set the argument to insight. So I need you to make an argument based off of insight. <clears throat> What's up, guys? <laughs> you don't know me yet. My name is Cecil McNamara, and uh, where I come from, we have a saying. From the mouth of babes comes beauty and wisdom. And it seems like in her tenure as mayor of this fine, fine city, she has neglected to cherish the wisdom of children, whose insight into the world is sometimes beyond that of our own. Speaking as a child myself, I've come to realize that there is so much I can learn from the people around me, my elders included. But what a better world would it be if we worked together? This was the best decision I ever could have made to set this up. 
but you guys can laugh and like make sounds during this. Oh, no, um, <laughs> that entire thing was just us all silently laughing to ourselves <laughs> the entire time. I'm going to also, if you can allow it, because I never use it, I'd like to try and somehow use Inspiring Leader with this as well and pick out six adults in the crowd and just give them eight temporary HP and make them feel really good about themselves with this. <laughs> nice. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'll say with the inspiring speech, I'll say there you can add a D4 to your roll. Okay, great. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I need to roll for Shirley to set the DC for the argument. Uh, so she rolled an insight. She has a plus six to insight. Okay, the DC is 18. So you need to roll a D20 plus a D4 plus your insight. Oh, yeah. 22. All right, yeah. Shirley will roll a D6 plus her insight, and you can roll a D10 plus your insight. Ooh, okay. That is 12. Cool. She rolled a 2, and her insight is 6, so she rolled an 8. Starting strong. Let's go. You step down, and uh, Jim's nearby, and he kind of like he's rubbing your shoulders. Like, good work, good work. Nice, nice. A little bit of Dick's blood Jim. drips down I your like, shoulder. Uh, I, I, Gatorade bottle like spritzes me in the face to like, cool yeah. me off. <laughs> All right, so Brian, you're up next. You approach the stand, as does Kizik, and you guys both roll a d20. He rolled a 12. Five. Uh, okay, so Kizik will set the argument then. Good people of Boomerfield, I helped to draft these laws many years ago. I brought forward this innovative and brilliant idea, and it has been a tradition in Boomerfield ever since. It has created a stronger appreciation for work and rest in all of our citizens. Henceforth, we should keep the laws as they are. Brian, he has set the argument to history. So I need you to make an opposing argument in the realm of history. All right, listen. (laughs) If I'm being completely honest, I cannot imagine a time that I was not taught in school that the danger of history is when it blindly repeats itself. So if we are to be basing our future vote and opinion on the fact that this was created years ago by this same administration who, let's be honest, does not have statistics to back up whether or not this has actually amplified the success of both rest and work in this society. I would like to ask you this. Brian pauses and just kind of leans over to Ren. If I say the name Hitler, do you know what I'm talking about? There was a really tyrannical dragon that ravaged the lands years ago named Hitler. Oh, is that significant across multiple cultures in this society? I mean, yes, it was a world-altering event. Was it something that the, like, the dragon was like a, was tyrannical, like a ruler, like a dictator? Uh, yes, yes, in ravaged fields and oh. took all for himself and Got it. listened to no one. Got it. Thank you very much. Let me just ask you this. If Hitler was once in charge of the rules, should we allow... <laughs> Those rules to be repeated blindly? <gasps> you hear a gasp emanate throughout the crowd and murmurs go, Oh my god, I, the dragon, no, not, not the dragon Hitler. Oh my god, no, no, no. Dragon Hitler. Can we fight dragon Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the BBEG for this entire campaign. Um, oh, damn. Okay, this is not going to be hard. Uh, Kizik rolled a five, so his history is plus seven, so the DC is only 12. I have advantage. (laughs) Wait, why do you have advantage? Because through Channel Divinity, I have advantage on all intellect checks. Okay, so you're going to activate that? Yeah, I'm activating that. 
Okay, cool. I, I need to, yeah. desperately. Don't, don't forget <laughs> luck I, points. And... You have luck points? Yeah, I have luck points. I'm aware. I'm aware. And, and, the, and the inspiration. I've got it. It's all, I've got it all written down. <laughs> As you make this <laughs> argument, you feel that leather journal in your backpack heat up a little bit, and you feel your brain firing on all cylinders and working a little bit faster. Uh, as you activate this channel divinity and you can roll uh, all intelligence checks with advantage for the next 10 minutes. Thank, thank God. That is a 23. <laughs> <laughs> 23. All right. Yeah. Your brilliant use of dragon Hitler just destroyed Kizik's argument and the crowd is on your side and you can roll with a D10 plus your history. Kizik will roll a D6. Uh, 11. All right, Kizik uh, has a very high history, and he rolled a five, uh, so plus seven, he rolled a 12. That's uh, okay. So... I would like to use luck points. <laughs> no, it's already gone. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So next, Victoria approaches the stand as... Before I walk up, I'm also going to cast Disguise Self. I'm going to add glasses, make me look smart. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to make her look just ever so slightly older. Okay. Brian, have you ever seen Legally Blonde? Uh, yeah, my sister watched it once. Oh, no. I rolled a 20 for the wild magic check. All right, roll me a d100. Oh, no. This is not the time. I know it's not. Oh, no. If you grow a third arm, we're fucked. 84. Okay, uh, you and all creatures within 60 feet of you gain vulnerability to piercing damage for the next minute. That's fine. Uh, Okay. So nothing really happens, but you do hear one guy in the crowd... Oh, I stepped on a nail. Fuck. Oh, my God. He, like, falls to the ground and is, like, writhing in pain. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, everything's chill. Whoopsie doopsie. I, I do the thing where I stop and I go, I'm, I'm sorry. No, before we do this, I, I'm sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you all right? I'll go over and I'll cure wounds. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, we, we have someone actually who can assist you. I can assist Mis- you. <laughs> Mr. McNamara. Okay. Uh, roll me a d20. 18, we're good. Okay, cool. So I would just like to call this forth, because you never really get to do this with D&D characters. Um, I have a noble background of position of privilege. Okay. And so I'm going to be, like, just really playing into that with these good folk. Just as a white woman or, like... (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. In high society, people assume you have the right to be wherever you are. Okay. So as a white woman. Yes. Great. <laughs> Using my privilege. A few people in the audience mumble like, wow, she she seems like has a right to high society. Wow, she seems like she really belongs where she is right now. Oh, wow. Um, and roll me a d20. Seven. Hollis rolled an eight. So he will set the argument. Now, look, I'm just going to be honest. Who wants to work? You know? I mean, no one really wants to work, right? And the audience is like, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. You see, with the current laws, we can all relax. Well, the children do the work for us. I mean, doesn't sound that sound like a fantastic deal? Uh, and Hall is just like, yeah. <laughs> Gives the crowd a thumbs up. And they're like, all right, cool. Uh, so he has set the argument to persuasion. So okay. I'm going to need you to make an argument based on persuasion. My good people of Boomerfield. First, let me introduce myself. I am Victoria Hightower. She's not, she's not from here, but she seems like she's from here. You know, she, she just has that kind of air about her. I hear what Mr. Everly is saying. But do you ever dream of labor? Who dreams of labor? No one does. We dream of of being fulfilled in our lives. 
but we don't reach that point unless we have earned it. Good people of Boomerfield, have you earned it? And have your children not earned it by proxy being the future of Boomerfield? Do you really wish to live in a capitalist society? Do you wish to enslave the youth that will then take care of you when you are feeble and old? Oh man, wow, not really. What are you doing? Do you not wish for freedom across the board here in Boomerfield to be renowned within your lands as a place of peace, of wealth, of status? You tell me, but that doesn't seem like a place I would ever want to live. Roll me. Uh, sorry, I need to roll Hollis. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, yeah, he rolled a one, so uh, you need to pass a nine. <laughs> okay. Ha! I'm really rolling terrible for these. That's a 25. 25. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you didn't even really need to roll with the advantage. <laughs> she seems like she really belongs up there, right? Yeah, she seems really regal. Almost. Uh, cool. <laughs> so you'll roll with a D10. Hollis will roll with a D6, but he's going to use his debate ability called Friends Everywhere. And once in a debate, he can add a D6 to his check. Uh, So he will be rolling two D6. You will roll a D10. I rolled a seven. Okay. That is also what Hollis rolled. And he has a plus eight to persuasion. I also have a plus eight to persuasion. All right. Mm -hmm. So that is a pretty even split. And that brings us back up to the top. Cecil, you step up to the podium as Shirley does the same, and you roll your d20. 11. 11. All right, she rolled a 2, so you will be setting the argument. Let's go. <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'm going to put my hands in my pockets, and I'm just going to take a leisurely stroll around the dais. Healthcare. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. It's the third rail. It really is, you know? You can't talk about it without being dragged through the mud. Let's think about a hypothetical situation here. Your children are your natural successors, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your children are your natural successors. And whenever you get to a point where you're going to need someone to take care of you, who better to take care of you than your children? But what's going to happen... Whenever those same children aren't afforded opportunities to learn about medicine. I myself am a shining example of what it's like being an educated youth, knowledgeable about medicine. That's right. He healed that man. He healed that man. I did. I did. He healed me. Yeah, my foot's better now. Healthcare. Who are you going to turn to? The kids who weren't taught how to be doctors, physicians. Sure chiropractors maybe Mm. Mm. or wouldn't you rather have a society where children are taught to appreciate modern medicine (laughs) as you finish your argument uh shirley speaks up and she says as soon as he starts speaking i would like to cast calm emotions on the crowd and make them genuinely not give a shit about anything Uh, what is the range? That's amazing. Of, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. I'll say it works. Let's go. <laughs> I'll need you to roll me a d20. I'll say she'll make her roll at disadvantage. 19. Cool. So as she begins to speak, a lot of people are kind of like drifting off a little bit. And uh, she says, my opponent makes some understandable points, but I must remind you 
While they may not be able to study these sorts of things in their youth, they are more than welcome to do so after the age of 20. The labor ends after 20 and they have all the time in the world due to the children working. They can put as much time and effort into that study once they reach adulthood. But when they are children, that is their time to work and to learn work ethic and to build up their bodies to be able to last for years and years to come. Objection! It's not how this works. So roll me a d20 to set the DC that she will have to beat. 19. All right, she will roll with disadvantage. She has a plus four to medicine. Ooh, she rolled two 14s. That is an 18 total. She just fails it. Oh, Oh, good. So you will roll a D10. She will roll a D6. She is going to use her debate ability, position of power. uh, And once in a debate, she can make a bait check with advantage. So she will roll two D6 and take the highest result. All right. Still wasn't that great. So Uh, that's a 17. Jesus. All right. Uh, She rolled a seven. So your side rockets ahead uh, as you okay. come off of the podium and Brian takes your place as Kizik approaches. It's okay, guys. We got some breathing room. Just just have fun with it. Just have fun yep. with it, honestly. Yep. Yep. Victoria high fives him. You can see the orb in the center. And at this point, it's about like 65% to 70% purple and like 30% gray. So you- can everyone see it? Yes. Okay. 11. Okay, Kizik rolled a 10, so you will be setting the argument. Okay, listen. I have long been aware of what happens when there's a shortage of staff and when people leave departments that should be filled with a surplus of bright minds, no matter the age. And when you have someone that is heading up your law department that is in charge of both infrastructure and operations... There is a hole that cannot be filled because you are having a a weak-minded person splitting what could be one entire area of their focus between two departments without support. And what they are relying on is your emotional response to the logic that they are conveying to you as a society. And when you buy into that, you're allowing a shortage of creativity and problem solving and tactical knowledge to flow through your political system, which you don't have to do. You really don't. So if you just boil down what they're saying to the facts and figures and logic of the argument, I believe, similar to me, you as intelligent citizens will find them wanting. Somewhere in the back, you hear an old fart of a man just yell out, we really do live in a society. Uh, so is there a particular skill you're trying to set this argument at? Uh, let's do investigation, just because or, like, I, I, okay. I yeah. have that knowledge of their society. Yeah. If you did nature, you could do like the nature of man, the nature of society. You really don't want me to use nature. Never okay, mind. So never I'm mind. That's fine. That. Sure, never mind. Whatever. More of a Cecil poll. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was leaning towards as well. Cool. So Kizik takes this into account. Now, I must say there are points being presented today that will be taken under consideration going forward, but... I nudge the runaways, hideaways. No, they won't. No, they won't. Will they? No, they won't. (laughs) Quiet. 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 (laughs) Enough from the peanut gallery. Now, we will take these things into account, but I must remind all of you that these children are not from here. 
They do not know the issues that really happen in this city. They do not know the things that affect us. Do we want outsiders interfering with our affairs? I will assure you that I am of sound mind, I am intelligent, and I can handle both organization and infrastructure to the best of my ability and will continue to do so as long as my tenure remains. I'd like to rip this argument apart, please. There are no <laughs> counter arguments in speech and debate. I would be so good at it. So can you roll me uh, You roll me an investigation check with advantage to set the DC that he will have to pass? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 24. 24. Holy shit. He rolls a 13. So you win this, but... He uses his debate ability, Withering Argument, and once in a debate, Kizik can penetrate his opponent's argument, forcing them to roll at disadvantage for their bait check. So you will roll a d10. This is hurting real life, Danielle. <laughs> you will roll a d10 with disadvantage. Okay, it was 10. Cool. He only rolled a two, so he rolled a seven total. So wow. you guys are still Let's go. pretty Let's ahead. Go. Uh, I should have made this harder. Uh <laughs> I told I told you guys this is going to be fun, and you're like, ah, he's gonna kill us. What's gonna happen? Oh, I hate Riley. Uh, so Hollis and Victoria step forward to the podium. Victoria takes the blazer off, throws it over her shoulder. I lean to Rin. Pretty hot, isn't she? So, 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 sorry. What, what 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 did you say? She's pretty hot up there right now, right? Uh, yeah, yes, she she is she's on fire. She is doing fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Ryan just leads over to Cecil and goes. I don't think you're doing what you think you're doing, man. Look, I'm a great wingman. I've been told I'm a great wingman many times. <laughs> a two. Okay, he rolled a 16. So Hollis snaps his fingers and someone brings up an electric guitar for him. And he starts playing a rocking guitar solo that encourages the status quo in all of Boomerfield. Uh, he's saying, status quo, status quo, we maintain the status quo, we chill up here, the kids work below, we maintain the status quo! Uh, Brian, uh, <laughs> okay, can I intervene? <laughs> can sure, I stop can this, please? Can I, can at I any point, Riley, I know you spent like 20 minutes today <laughs> writing that song, and it catchy. So Actually, that was like two minutes. <laughs> it was really good. I liked it. So Brian uh, would like to... <laughs> I'm going to ask the DM to allow me some creative liberty. <laughs> I'll, see how, I'll see how long your leash can get. Okay. Brian <laughs> would like to cast command. I'm going to stop you right there because he has already started playing and he has to hear you cast command. Oh, so he cannot hear I, whatever it is you're trying I, to say to him. Birth shot. Birth shot. So... Victoria, he has set the argument to performance. Well, I must admit, once again, Mr. Everly has brought forth a interesting argument. Considering this is also speech and debate, I'm a little surprised at his choice of debate. Considering it feels like he's trying to sell tickets for his next concert. Speech and debate includes performances. That is a, that is a legal rule. I'm sorry, I just... I'm sorry, can I just... Can I just say something? Can I be... Can I be real with you all? Uh, Have we we lost that? Have we lost that opportunity for honest conversation, for truth, for, for vulnerability? And she's like, got wiping away tears. God, she looks so noble, but she seems so vulnerable. I just... 
I'm sorry, but but as someone with so much welling inside of me, so much creativity and, and a wealth of, of understanding, I, I understand that you think we're outsiders. But do you not need that outside perspective to show you the forest instead of the trees? Have we gotten to this point of this false bravado, this performativity instead of this vulnerability? It feels like we're missing the point, people. God, she seems so approachable. And she just starts crying. She walks down into the crowd <gasps> and she like shakes hands. I'd kiss babies if I could, but I see none here. Instead, I see our children, your children, myself in bondage. Change. We need change. Okay. Uh, he's going to roll to set the DC. Jesus Christ. He rolled a three. You have to pass a okay. fucking seven. Okay. Well, that's great because you know what? You know what's awesome about that is I'd only have to roll a one to pass that, but I rolled a 19 yeah. and I have a plus. Congratulations. Eight. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. You're doing it. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> uh, so cool. You get to roll a D10. I get to roll a D6. Hey. Fuck me! Oh boy. Roll a one. I rolled a one uh, too. Five. But so I have a plus you... eight, so that's nine. And you know what? I'm gonna roll Bardic Inspiration, and that's a six on a D6. Congrats. Good for you. She's gloating. You're right, like great. up by like 30 points right now. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I haven't even used my six. People start murmuring, is there is there a mercy roll in speech and debate? Is there like an amount that they can be beat by that we can just stop this now? <laughs> in the final round, Cecil walks up to the podium as Shirley does the same. And Shirley rolls a natural 20. Uh, yeah, like a nine. So Shirley will set the argument and she says, some may look at what we do in this city and call it words like inhumane and immoral, but we do what we do to survive. And this city has flourished since the institution of these laws. We have a longer lifespan in our elderly population. We have more magical items produced and spells discovered than anywhere in Forgotten Fields. And we have a happy populace. This will be a survival argument that you need to make. Thrive. It's a funny word. Some have it. Some know it. Some claim it's the cornerstone of their society, but there are two societies here. Half of the society is thriving, like you say. The other half is barely surviving. I've seen it with my own eyes. You would be shocked. You would think it's some sort of horrible dystopia. The lives that these kids have to live... Just to feel that little glimpse of freedom that you all seem to enjoy without any consequence. I can barely play basketball. Yeah, I kicked her ass. I did. Okay, okay, calm down. Let's calm I down. did. Take a look at me and think. Does that seem like a life worth living where I kick someone's ass in basketball? The answer's no. I'm going to stop you before you even have a chance to say it. The answer's no. I get it. You look so skinny. Mm-hmm. I said I'm going to stop you. He's real. Mm, okay, let's get back to the right point here. Okay. Little chicken legs. We're on a tandem. A little bit of a tangent. Let's steer it right back to where it's supposed to get. <laughs> to conclude my 
rebuttal of this bizarre claim that people here are thriving. That is for half of your people. The other half is barely surviving. Roll me a d20, add your survival. You have to pass an 18. Well, no. That's a that's a 10. Okay. You will roll a d6, for add your survival. She will roll a d10. And I, don't worry, I'll probably roll a 1 or something. Okay. I rolled a 2, so, you know, pretty much the same thing. Uh, rolled an 8. Uh, good for you. Congratulations. Let's go. Hang on. Let me do some math here. <laughs> I think we're, yeah, I think we are by, like, at least 20 at this point. I think we've passed the point of no return. I don't think there's any feasible way. Okay, yeah, there's no way they can win this at this point. Uh, after the public has listened to both of these sides, you see that the orb in the center has become so deeply purple that the gray is completely overshadowed. Um, and you you hear the people start to whisper. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song? Yeah, 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 you see people start to like lift up purple flags and like wave them back and forth. <laughs> It's like Gavroche. Radness <laughs> is waving the flag, and the runaways have won well, uh, the speech and the bait. I don't get my final speech. What the fuck do you want to say? <laughs> what, what you, just do it. Whatever the fuck you're gonna say. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's all right. No, say it. You obviously want to say it. Do do no, your well, thing. I'm it's fine. To see Whatever. If Mr. Everly is also, you know. Looking to... He can't do anything. Okay. It's, over. Okay, it's, over. it's over. The orb is already... That's the fine. magical orb that determines everything has already determined okay. that you guys cool. have won. Cool, cool, cool. You just want to nope. stomp your opponents into the ground and destroy all their Always. hopes and dreams. Yes, I do. Always. <laughs> Eventually, as the crowd dies down, uh, Shirley clears her throat and she says, Well, the ritual has spoken, and I am not one to go against tradition. And I can see that apparently the public sees that some traditions might need to change. And so we will overturn the laws of keeping the children of Boomerfield in servitude, and we will work towards a more equitable future for the city. Wait, what What did you say? They're overturning the law. Oh. It sounded like the mayor We're... said that they would keep them. No, no, no. 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 Overturn the laws okay. that make them subservient. Okay. Overturn okay. the law. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. overturning the law. Look, sorry, we used uh, all of our brain cells just then. We okay, really so did. give us like a solid 15 minutes in a sandwich. We also almost died like an hour ago, so. I, I do have one request. Um, There are many children here in the runaways that have no families that are, are orphans themselves, and I would request that there be somewhere that we could start an orphanage for them. Shirley cocks her head and murmurs with Kizik, who kind of runs some numbers and scribbles on his clipboard and kind of looks up with sort of a grim look on his face. Uh, she says, well, um, unfortunately, there are no buildings within the city that can be spared, but... There is the uh, abandoned warehouse on the outskirts of town. I'm sorry. I believe that's a false statement. Hmm? There is a beautifully constructed tower in the middle of your town that no longer serves a purpose. Well, it, it acts as a library and a storage facility. Oh, for... I believe you have a warehouse on the outskirts of town where all of that material could go. Come on. Surely you can do better. I can do better. All right, well, uh, 
<laughs> wow. Well, we would need some assistance in clearing out the uh, the warehouse. I believe you have two free I... hands that are very capable. Oh Wouldn't it be what? a symbol of unity to see the leader of this town? Ren kind of leans over and she says, um, there's a bit of uh, an, an issue surrounding the abandoned warehouse on the outskirts of town. What do we have to kill now? I'm sorry, I said that like a, um, that was really mean. Yeah, what do we have to kill? No, what, what do we have to it, kill now? Let's do it. It's just that there's there's rumors of it being haunted. Oh, we've done this before. Oh, ghosts? Yeah, we, we've handled ghosts before. Yes, it's, it's there, there's been rumors of howls and such coming from... We've also dealt with werewolves. We have dealt... Well, well there were jackal wares. Jackal wares, wow. yeah. So. Yeah, we've done that. We're, we're experts. Impressive. Uh, I hate to impose, but is there any way that you could lend one more hand? I mean, we're pretty good at, at doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just, like, listen, Ren, I know, like, you're emotionally impacted by the situation but like we also have situations we've been emotionally impacted by and like we gotta get up north to like go home you know it would only be one more night victoria just looks at brian and goes brian rolls his eyes for those listening at home that was andy mouthing i said please it just didn't (laughs) it'll come through the recording Brian looks at Victoria, rolls his eyes. Okay, fine, but we're going to make a deal. What's the deal? No, no. Ren and I are going to make a deal. What's the deal? Come over here for a minute. All right. And he just low in the voice just goes, all right. Considering that I just obliterated that argument with nothing but logic, I'm going to yield to my emotional side for a moment. And it's not because... We just lost a friend that I miss very dearly. But it's because I still have two friends by my side that I've got to care for. And while they're both emotional idiots, I uh, I just want to make sure I check a few boxes here. So tell you what, since my friends seem keen to stay and help you out, I'll help them out and I'll stay. But you got to promise that whatever system you have in this world, you're going to stay in touch with my girl over there because... Um, she really likes you, and the only reason she wants me to stick around and help you is so that eventually she can get the guts up to tell you herself. So when she does, please act surprised. But you gotta promise that you're not gonna drop us as soon as we solve your problems and take off. I mean, I would definitely not want for that to happen. I would really love to stay in, in touch with her, and with, with, with all of you, really. Um, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yes, I know what you're saying, and thank you. It is appreciated. All right. Brian just puts his hood up and walks towards the group of friends. Uh, Ren said that, you know, if we were going to stay for another day, that uh, she would take care of our necessities uh, to make sure that that could happen. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, We'll we'll provide some food and uh, any changes of clothing you would require. I wouldn't mind a rematch. Point over to Ratness. Oh, I'll I'll fucking take you. I'll take you all right now. Don't even think about it. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I, I believe... Um, if we best, we can we can rest today, and uh, we can head out to the warehouse tonight, and uh, be there for whatever might be there. Uh, yeah, even if they're like ghost jackalwares, that's that sounds dope. <laughs> so we get like one more short rest. Uh, I'll actually say you get a long rest because oh. it's it's like the morning right now, so you oh, guys yeah, can sleep we just like hours, hang out all day, we get all your stuff back. Victoria 
While those talks are going on, the crowd is dispersing. She's going to search around the square and find the tallest tree she can find that she can climb up in, get just a vantage point. And she's going to take that photograph out again and stare at it really hard and look out over the crowd and just look and search. Okay, uh, roll me a perception check. 25. Uh, You do not see him. So she just stands there. And she's just looking. And she gives up after everyone disperses. Kind of just sits there for a second, leaning up against the tree and waiting for her group. What's she doing? Are we climbing a tree? Yeah. Um, do you want to guys? Know. Do you guys want to make hammocks for the rest of the day until we have to go do stuff? Oh, well, I think I've we're going to go hammock. back to the... You've never sat in a hammock before? No, when would I have done that? Dude, they're great. You've never like, been like... Right now. Let's do it right now. Can you make hammocks? Do you have hammocks with you? I mean, it's just like, we just find cloth somewhere and we can make them. I've, I've done it in Boy Scouts before. Todd and Jim come up with like four packs of Enos. Uh, no, right. Like, they have like, a slack trans- line too that they're going to do like, <laughs> yeah, the balancing. They, yes. They're with a slack line uh, <laughs> yes. while Ren is discussing like politics off to the side. They're doing a, they're doing hacky sack somewhere. They're, they're throwing Frisbee yeah. in the background. Um, and yeah, you guys chill and rest in these hammocks in the middle of this square. What do you think, Brian? I, I don't, you know, like at the end of the day, you but see, you gotta have like a couple of pillows and a really good book and a blanket and like it honestly is a really nice day. Like the weather's great. It's just you gotta you gotta get Whoa. you gotta get into the you know you gotta like kind of you have you have down. like a system. Yeah, of course. I, I yeah. I, it requires it usually requires like a coffee or a beverage, a really good book, a very light blanket, and a couple of pillows, and it's very relaxing. I'm just really excited to have friends to share it with, you know? Cecil, is that the first time Brian has called us friends? What? Cecil's like like several <laughs> limbs up and he's like cocooned himself. And he's like slowly cutting off oxygen <laughs> in a Xeno. Victoria's going to just get out of her hammock. She's going to run over to Brian's. She's going to, I promise, we'll both fit. And she sits on the like on the other end. And as soon as she sits on the hammock, we flip yeah, over. No. And end up up <laughs> yeah. She just like tries to barrel roll up. <laughs> and you guys all laugh and hang out and after a while settle down in your hammocks and rest for the morning and afternoon before the evening ahead. And with that, class is dismissed. Nice. Hall and Dragons is Andy Dinehart as Victoria Hightower, Danielle Grisco as Brian Tolkien, Brandon Lindsay as Cecil McNamara, and myself, Riley Wesson, as your DM. Thanks so much for listening to this session of D Hall and Dragons. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would love to see a five-star review, and please share it with a friend. Our theme music is Sonic Pogo by Vans in Japan. Other music can be found in the episode description. And our artwork is done by the fabulous Carlina Alvarez. Link to her stuff is in the description as well. Until next time, I would love to give a shout out to our friend Maddie, who took an interest in Dungeons and Dragons after starting to listen to the show and decided to take the initiative and start DMing for her friends. Maddie, we hope that you and your friends are having just as much fun playing D&D as we do. And if you have an interest in D&D, Take the initiative like Maddie and start DMing for some friends. Guarantee you will not regret it. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next session.
supper field, like the meal. Sounds like food to me. I'm in. Yeah. I wonder if they have bread com- breadcrumbs. Dang it, I stuttered on it. It's fu- wow. Hold on. Clean take. Clean take. We'll clean take. Toast. Clean take. I wonder if they have breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I don't know if it was better, you know? <laughs>